for the quitters. Game quitters. Listen up, quitters. Game quitters. It's the Game Quitters Podcast with Camadere and Jason Wellwood. On today's show, special guest Jeffrey Platts helps you break out of your shell to become the version of yourself you've always wanted to be. And now, will the real Camadere please stand up? Ah, there he is. Your host, Camadere. everyone to the Game Quitters Podcast. I'm your host, Camadere, here with my good buddy, Jeffrey Platts, who is a problem solver. I was asking him earlier how he wanted me to introduce him, and he basically said, as a problem solver, right? He is someone who I got introduced to through Vanessa. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And a lot of our relationship has been around talking about men's issues, talking about relationships, talking mm-hmm. about love, talking about dating. Some and, politics. And some <laughs> politics, we, we tend to, you and I tend to stay away from politics. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, other than, you know, we're able to kind of laugh about it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but you're someone who I, who I really respect when it comes to understanding just the intersection for, for men who genuinely want to improve their life and specifically their dating life and their relationships. Mm-hmm. Uh, but from a very authentic, genuine place. Yeah. With, without going down the path of, of just, you know, trying to validate their ego or trying to just get, you know, like, sweet, you can hook up with some girls and that's great and that makes you feel all better or whatever, but, like, is it really fulfilling? Yeah, right? totally. Yeah, so, yeah, thanks for having me, man. I appreciate yeah, it. Yeah, it's, it's been, good to be here. It's been um, cool, man. How, so, so just before this, we were, we were talking really about TV and consumption. Mm-hmm. So let's go down that path first. So you were describing how when you were younger, you didn't really have any friends, mm-hmm. how you just watched TV a lot, and you've noticed a shift in, in the way that TV is now delivered through Netflix and Hulu and, yeah. and these different platforms, and, and the change that that's made where you don't almost need like a cable network anymore. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Tell us about that. Yeah, I mean, like for me, well, yeah, so growing up, you know, grew up in the suburbs of Connecticut and didn't really have many friends until probably like eighth grade seventh or eighth grade I kind of like I was through all elementary school I was by myself summers after 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 school I, you know I got good grades I would come home I was a good boy come home from work from school do my homework for like two hours and I'm like then watch TV for the rest of the day and then summers all day all, every day all night and uh, so it became kind of like my like my my quote-unquote friend right for, for lack of a better term and um, yeah, and it was like in the height of cable. Cable just came out and it was crazy. You know, you get over 100 channels and, you know, pretty much my go-tos were HBO, Nickelodeon, and uh, MTV, you know, and uh, OBET, that's for sure. Um, that's where I got my, my old school uh, hip-hop on. And, um, yeah, it was, it, was, it was, you know, so I kind of got, and the same thing with video games. Like, same with, I, I did video, uh, Nintendo, Atari. Like, I was like, you know, old school Pac-Man, Dig Dug, Centipede. Um, what else? Yeah, Donkey Kong, all that stuff. So I like I got all the TV and all like the video games out of my system early on. Like I just like binged on that stuff for years, and yeah, and I was just reflecting on it, you know, recently and then today as well. Like, yeah, it's crazy how like just the the landscape has changed so much, you know, for better or for worse. Right? Technology moves really fast. I think technology, I often experience, moves a lot faster than our ability to digest and comprehend it for our better evolution you know we don't know 
what impact you know screens are having you know we're looking at screens for like 10 12 13 hours a day what is the long-term impact of that you know psychologically um you mentally emotionally maybe we won't know yeah it's like we won't know you know maybe like who knows in 20 years mm-hmm. you know tv's illegal or something you know like where screens have like some serious like re- reduction on them i don't know but my point is um yeah, like now it's like, you know, we're cord cutting, we're doing all these different, you know, things. I'm going to just cut down the Netflix. Like, oh, yeah, I don't have cable anymore. I just have Netflix. Okay, well, you still have hundreds of thousands, if not millions of combinations and options to watch at any given moment. You know what I mean? And like, oh, I only watch these three shows. Cool. Well, each of those three shows has 122 episodes over, you know, six seasons each, you know? So you're looking at, you know, if you're watching, you know, we're watching, you know, Vanessa's watching Suits now, which is, I love it. It's a great love show. Suits. Love Suits, yeah, Harvey, Harvey Specter. And um, it's great, and then I'm like, oh, cool. Like, she's watching, and I'm like realizing, wow, babe, this is like, you know, I don't know, 16 episodes per season times five or six that are out already. That's a lot, you know? It's like almost close to 100 episodes, and it's like you're, it's a lot of time. You know, it's not like podcasts where you can like do double speed, right? I can like zip to 30 minutes and 15 minutes. Um, but it's just a lot of stuff and I'm just I just wonder like yeah what is and like the more easy it is you know the autoplay at the end of every episode now it's like it's just the more easy it is to just consume and stay in consumption like that's the challenge right like we're the websites the apps all that stuff is designed to keep us there right to keep keep our eyeballs glued to the screen Mm -hmm. in that particular app or website and so I just think it's um it's just I don't know it's it's just a harder it's easy to get in it's hard to get out yeah. You know, uh, and and you know, for me, the the better solution or the the, the more often bet um, more effective solution is to just not watch it. You know, like yeah. I, I don't want like people tell me, oh, watch the show Game of Thrones. You mentioned they're like, I don't need another show. I don't want another show to get sucked in because I know well, how many seasons are we into Game of Thrones? What six, yeah, seven? Now, I think. Yeah. So now I got to go back from the beginning. You know what I mean? And like, yeah, watch. I don't it's know. Why. Yeah. So I don't know, man. It's just one of these things where like I think I just wonder like, and especially you know. We always have these things, like there's always babies being born that are growing up with the current technology and that's all they know, right? So babies are being born now and, and have, you know, in the past 10 years, people that are 10, 12 years old, all they know is internet. All they know is the iPhone, right? There wasn't even pre-iPhone, there wasn't even flip phone. It was straight up iPhone onward in, in their experience. And so it's just a weird time, I think. And I think every generation goes through that, right? Like, oh, the, Oh, we had was radio, and now there's this new fangled TV, you know, and like, what's that, you know? And then, then there's cable TV, and then there's computers and Macs, and um, so I don't know, man. That's kind of my quick yeah. riff on that. I don't know, but like, it's just interesting time, and I think that's where I think the work that you're doing, the work that I'm doing, to kind of just to bring awareness and bring choice around this, you know, to like also to live it by example, like, hey, yeah, you don't need, you know, video games are popular as fuck, and like we all, you know, we all play them, quote unquote. No, not everybody does. Not everybody needs to. You can do it in moderation or total in in abstention. Is that the right word? Abstaining. Abstaining. Yeah. Abstaining. Yeah. You can totally like. Um, you don't have to do it at all if you don't want to. You know, you have choice. You have choice around this and bring so like raising consciousness and bringing in choice as the consciousness raises, as your awareness raises or rises. Then I think that's the that's the the thing that needs to happen. I think which is great because we were you know that movie uh, Idiocracy. Have you ever seen it? Oh, you gotta check it out, dude. It came out like maybe 10 years ago or 15 years ago. Basically, like the dumbing down of our, you know, we're like just numbing ourselves and, and dumbing down ourselves to a place of just, we're just like, you know, it's almost like the TV becomes our IV. Right. Right? Well, like, we're the just. The problem is, is then the TV or, or I mean, even gaming in, in a lot of ways is a very passive thing. 
Like, yes, in gaming you may be kind of more engaged in actually playing the game, but that's not all the time that you spend on the computer, because we know from our study that only half of the time, about average 60 hours a week, the average, uh, or, or half the time was spent actually playing games, and the other half was spent just on other online activities, watching YouTube videos, mm -hmm. browsing Reddit, just mindlessly browsing the internet. Yeah, and consumption, pure consumption. It's just consumption, yeah. right? And, and that creates a very passive kind of paradigm of the world that you live in, mm -hmm. which then transfers into every other area of your life. Why would you be super engaged at work when at home you spend half of your day being completely disengaged? Yeah. Why would you be engaged with your relationships, your family, your friends, when, again, you spend most of your time every single week just completely disengaged, living passively? And so it's actually the kind of habits or, or the, the paradigms, the mindsets, the, the ways of being mm -hmm. that we're choosing consciously. Yeah. And the impact on, on every area of our life because of that. So when you were younger, you had no friends. Why? That sounds harsh, man. Yeah. <laughs> That's a direct question right there. Hey, you had no friends. Why? Um, for me, I mean, honestly, like, it's just, I mean, I think I grew up more, I mean, I think I still consider myself ambivert, more introvert, but, you know, I think growing up, it was definitely more just, I just, like, shy fear. Like, I think I had a couple maybe instances where, like, I felt like I didn't belong. Like, there's one where the neighbor, I think I went to play with the neighbors, I think it was like maybe five or six, and I went to play with the neighbors and they dumped sand on my head, and so I felt like, you know, at the time it was traumatic, it was right? So I know, I was like, what the fuck? They were like old, they were like a good three or four years older than me, so like, you know, between eight and five or four, that's a big deal, right? So, you know, I think that kind of created that story of like, I don't belong, you know? And another instance where I was in kindergarten, I remember like I was walking by these, you know, kids, oh, what are you guys drawing? Like, oh, it's Pac-Man. like. What's Pac-Man? And I felt like, oh, you don't know what Pac-Man is? Like, I felt like, oh, I'm not in the know. I don't, that's, that's I, I got to figure that out. What, what is that? You know? And so kind of little things like that um, over the, over my childhood, like, would start to, like, just have this thing. Like, I don't belong, right? I don't fit. And so I would kind of, like, play it safe. I'd play on the outside. I'd rather, and then I'd have the opposite experience, though, when, you know, my mom was from Brazil. And so I would go to Brazil to visit family on a regular basis when I was a kid. And so I'd have a different experience where I could get to, like, same with travel, right? Like you travel a lot. So like you get to kind of reinvent yourself if you want, right? Like to show up in a different way. And so I'd have this experience of go to Brazil as a kid and as a teenager as well. And like I could show up and be a lot more, you know, there's all obviously cultural elements that affect play in as well. But in general, I would go and I could be, I'd be more outgoing there, you know, because like nobody knew me. I could start from scratch, clean slate. And then I would come back to the U.S. and like, start school, I go for summer and then come back, you know, August, last week of August, start school in September, I'm like, back to me. Like Clark Kent, Superman kind of thing, you know? Like, why am I always, like, reverting to the same me, right? The same DNA, the same, you know, um, body and, and, and everything. But, uh, yeah, so I guess the, the, the long answer to your question, or the short answer to your question is, yeah, it was just, it was just, a, just a shyness, I think, that kind of just was there early on and just kind of got reinforced by a couple of whatever, you know, experiences that then just kind of took hold. I kind of like just, you know, kind of like just forced my way to be more outgoing, you know, in middle school and in the beginning of high school. And, you know, and started to kind of gravitate toward friends that I kind of resonated with more. I kind of like try to fit in. So because I had this story that I didn't belong, you know, to a degree I kind of became like a chameleon in a way. I could fit into different groups on the outsides, never in the middle of the groups, but like on the outsides, the periphery. And so, 
that, you know, benefits me now because I can kind of like have a conversation about sports with some people or politics or, you know, whatever, consciousness or personal growth. And so I think just, yeah, just it was just the way I was, the, the, the way life and the universe unfolded for me during that time just had me just be more quiet. And, and, and you know, I think there definitely was some like judgment around myself for me, like as a kid, like, you know, why am I so different? Why can't I be like that popular kid? Like, why can't I, you know, or maybe I should become better at, you know, at sports or maybe I should get, you know, learn an instrument or do something, you know, um, to, so I could then be that, you know, it's, like, it's kind of like, that's where the, that idea comes in, right? It starts to come in early, right? Like, oh, if I do these external things, I'll get the validation from the outside, which then have me feel good about myself, and I'll get the attention and the adoration and friends and all that. So was that a catalyst for you to start developing that side of your life, and was there a shift between, I'm a chameleon, I'm kind of able to connect with mm -hmm. people, and I'm kind of on the outside, yeah. to the work that you do now, because obviously the work you do now, like, you're mm -hmm. married, mm -hmm. Vanessa's a really cool chick, you know, you live in San Diego, yeah. um, you help men mm -hmm. with love and life and yeah. you're really helping other men really be able to find that type of fulfilling relationship or just social relationships in their life and, and so how did that journey kind of unfold where you went from you were a really shy introvert kid, yeah. didn't really have any friends you had a story that you weren't kind of good enough you weren't accepted yeah. you learned to kind of stay on the outside which a lot of this resonates a lot with mm -hmm. me because I too was kind of able to kind of connect with anyone, but not but deeply with on, anyone. On the yeah, yeah. Uh, or be able to connect with people one on one, but in a group, that's a whole different yeah, story, yeah. right? And so, what was the journey? How did you kind of come to the work that you do now? Yeah. So I guess you know, I guess the one huge pivot point was my parents were always into like personal growth. They had like the Nightingale Covenant, Covenant, uh, whatever. It's like a TV, uh, books on tape or like, you know, personal growth tapes for years. Brian Tracy, all that kind of stuff. And I would like, you know, they put on in the car and I'd hate it. I'm like, this is so fucking annoying. Please turn it off. Then I get, uh, they had a Tony Robbins book, his, his second book, Awaken the Giant Within on the coffee table one summer between junior and senior year. And I just, you know, what the fuck? Let me just read it, you know? And uh, read it and it kind of blew my mind as far as like planting a seed. Like, like, wow, I could totally be different. I don't need to be this way for the rest of my life. So that was the first like huge pivot point, right? And so I'm grateful to this day for that. And then it just started to kind of, you know, then I started, cool, well this book, I like the way these books feel. I like the way these books kind of show a different way of being and expand my, my, my choices and my awareness. So I started reading like, you know, Wayne Dyer and you know, Neil Donald Walsh and Deepak Chopra and all these books on, on personal growth and spirituality and all that stuff and then went to college, which is kind of like another time to reinvent yourself, right? Like, you know, nobody, nobody knows you. You know, I even thought of changing my name to like Adrian instead because my middle name is Adrian. I was like, let me just do start start fresh. Let me just, you know, I'm Adrian now. I'm not Jeffrey anymore. And uh, didn't do that. But yeah, so I, I went to college and then just started to just experiment and practice more. You know, I started continuing with the reading and the personal growth and all that stuff, doing workshops. And then I just stuck with it, but still struggled with my own kind of um, identity, right? And, and I think to this day, I think it's, you know, I think these patterns never, never, they, they still kind of come up, right? Like the, the, the conditioning can come up and it's just more like now we have choice around it. So now, so yeah, I'm in college and I start to like DJ, right? I start to do Brazilian parties, starting like my senior year in college. And then like became like this, like, you know, the only guy that was doing Brazilian parties in, in DC. I started working at the Brazilian embassy, hanging out with a lot of, uh, you know, just Brazilians and kind of just getting that kind of like that 
becoming like the king of nightlife in, in that little niche, right? A little small niche. And so like it was like opened my eyes to like, wow, like all these women and all these people, all these guys are like kind of like giving me all this respect and, and, and I'm popular all of a sudden, right? And then I kind of, but at the same time, I judged it because like, oh, you like me now because I'm just the DJ. You know, if I didn't give you free VIP passes to my, my party, would you be hanging out with me? You know what I mean? So there was still that kind of like blessing and the curse. Like I wanted it, but then also didn't like it because mm-hmm. it kind of, you know, which maybe the, that happens in a bigger t- sense with like celebrities, right? Like, how, how does that show up in your life now? The paradox of, of this versus that. In, in that instance, it, there was a story that you had of I'm popular now, but only because I have something mm, to offer you. Yeah, it's almost like, especially with social media, I think like, oh, do you, for me, sometimes it creeps up like, oh, do you do you do you like me, or is it do you like the image that I present online through Facebook and Instagram and all this stuff? And so if you and I hung out and like you didn't know me at all previously from social media or any type of personal introduction, would you, you know, there's there's that kind of like sometimes it creeps in, which is I think is just that's just a way of social social media has created that right we already you can you go on a first date with somebody you can look them up on facebook you can see their pictures you can google them see where they work and you know if they're they're more public you can see what they're about so i think it comes up for me sometimes in that in that regard you know like and that's why i think it's like that i always prefer face to face you know like i think there's you know as much as there's like virtual reality you know like oh we're going to create these avatars and we're going to be able to like have you know, hang out with our friends in this online virtual reality world and like, and that's all great. And I think there's definitely gonna be a benefit to that. And there's all at the same time, it's like analog still kind of mm-hmm. trumps that stuff, I think, you know, at the end of the day. Uh, so you're DJing, you're, you're kind of in the space of like your social situations shifting. Yeah, starting to become more going. You know, I, I didn't drink at all in high school either. Like, you know, cause I wasn't part of the popular crowd. I never really had access to that. And so I uh, started to drink and kind of like, you know, went to the, the pendulum swung in that direction, you know, becoming like party drunk outgoing guy. That didn't feel right as well. Cause I felt like, oh, now I gotta put on this like artificial, you know, I gotta put this, the substance in my body for me to feel outgoing that doesn't feel good either and so I did that for like a while and DJed and start to like just really just like start to like go deeper in this in this process you know I start and then after college I, I discovered like the POA stuff and you know because I was like always like okay oh, hey, what's going on why am I not consistently getting results with with women that I want to date why am I not being able to you know attract and like I think part of it too is I also had this like image I think that a lot of guys have that I had is like oh I want to be that guy that just fucking walks in and like women are fucking just like you know drooling and fucking like you know elbowing their, their girlfriends so like look at that guy oh my god like there's that kind of like that that ego satisfaction that comes from that and I would think like and that would be the standard I'd be like if I'm not getting those reactions consistently everywhere I go I am a fucking not a real man or I'm not I'm not I'm not gonna you know get get a girlfriend at all i have to get to that level which is like yeah like it sounds silly when i think of it that way right now but like that's really what it was like and that's the way i think a lot of the pua marketing portrays you you know, you're powerful and presence and magnetic and and whatever props if there's guys that get that every, every time they go anywhere props to them but that just wasn't realistic right and i think you mentioned earlier and and when you were introducing like what is fulfilling like what is it Am I going to do that for like the next 50 years of my life? Is that really going to be like, you know, you know, my, my benchmark of, of success and, and self-acceptance? And I'm only going to accept myself when I get that level of attention. And anyways, I didn't get to that level of, 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 of interactions with women, but I did get like, you know, success. You know, I would go on dates. I get, you know, create, create that connection and that, that, that flirtation. But then, 
yeah, just like this is not for me. Like, you know, the POA stuff is not really working. Like, I don't really like bars and clubs to begin with unless I'm DJing or dancing, right? It's like the question that I, I came across was like, if I took away, if I knew that if I went out at Friday or Saturday night and I knew that I was not going to get any numbers or meet any women, would I still be going to this place and spend, you know, a hundred bucks, spend four or five hours of my time? Would I be going to this bar, to this club? It's like the answer is hell no, right? And so like, why am I going to these clubs? Oh, only for the... The, you know the thing so I just realized I gotta just let me design my lifestyle so that I'm just doing what I like to do naturally yeah and and ideally and then just it's what I teach guys now like just live your life find a life that you fucking love you know do the things that you like and then talk to the women that you meet along the way you know throughout your day like cause like, you know I, I said this to a client last night like life is not linear this isn't like this one to one ratio like you do this you do A, B and C then you're gonna get D you know, and then like, then it's E, then F. It's like, it's not like that. It's like, there's so many moving parts. It's like a mosaic of possibilities and opportunities that it's not gonna happen in this linear fashion that we think it's gonna be right. like, you know? And so for me, it's like this thing of, I needed to just come to terms with like, what do I really want? You know, and so that's when I started to dive into more of like the David Data stuff and the Authentic Man program stuff. So, um, you know, Dr. Glover, No More Mr. Nice Guy, like these other books that kind of had that same kind of, you know, maybe ultimate intention of getting better with women and getting better in, at, at loving yourself and knowing who you are as a man, but with like a more soulful perspective, more authentic. Um, not so much like the only metric is, is you know, because, you know, we would, we got go out with my buddies that were doing the PUA and be like, oh yeah, like, oh, there's a two set over there. Let's go, you know, open them up. And I'm like, how about there's two women over there that I'm curious about. Why don't we have a conversation to see if my curiosity is piqued by them and, and vice versa. And then let's go from there. Like it didn't, it's like, it's like the, it was a very like disassociated experience, you know, like me and an object over there, a set, they're not a set. There's two people. I get there's maybe like there's lingo and there's shortcuts to like, yeah. And some of the, but the, it's the, just, this association comes from us not actually being willing to, to look at what our emotions really are underneath. Right? Yeah, so totally. It's like if they're a two set, then if I approach and, I get rejected, you know, it's not so much that I'm personally... The set rejected me. <laughs> yeah, it's this avatar in this game I'm playing. Yeah, it's like a gamification and, of it. And almost. that failed, and cool, try again. Versus actually being able to sit with the fact that you were curious about mm -hmm. two women, you went to start the conversation, and that conversation didn't go where, you know, maybe you had hoped or thought. And in that instance, it's very easy to take a person. Yeah. For a lot of men, you know, especially when you go down like the, as you mentioned, No More Mr. Nice Guy by Robert Glover, amazing book. But you start to look at a lot of men have kind of been rejected when they were younger and that caused them to, you know, feel a sense of pain, not feel like they really want to experience that again. Why would I talk to girls when I can just watch porn, pursue anything in my life other than just play video games? And for all the rest of my time, I can just watch YouTube videos or mindlessly yeah. browse the internet and I don't even have to be engaged in the world at all. Yeah. And it's all just because you're suppressing these emotions and these experiences that you've had that you know, you've taken personally or you felt rejected or whatever, and you're still just trying to cover up all this hurt totally. that you've had that you may not have even had control over. Yeah, I think I think I heard a definition of like trauma is like an emotional response to an event that you that's beyond your capacity to deal with in that moment. So like you, you have you have an experience of rejection or hurt that's like beyond what you log mentally and emotionally have the capacity to deal with in that moment. So it becomes this like traumatic event that kind of marks you for better or for worse, right? And so like doing the work and, and, and the practice of unpacking that stuff 
whether it's you know on your own or whether it's with a therapist or with a coach or, or, or whatever or workshops doing the job to unpack that and like and just, I guess the word that comes up is like personal responsibility at a certain point every you know you gotta like wake up to like okay objectively what am I doing I just spent you know 10 hours in front of a screen whether the screen is watching TV whether it's playing video games whether it's porn or whatever you know is this really what I want to be doing? Is this like, does this make sense to me? You know, like, do I really want this, you know, to continue? Right? Because, like, I think it's just that. And, and then on another level, if you zoom out, like, that's just pure consumption. Like, we can't survive as humans, as citizens, as brothers, sisters, you know, brothers, fathers, you know, husbands or whatever. It's like as pure consumption um, and, um, beings. We have to create, we have to be on the creating side of things more than we are on the consumption side. So what, what do you think are, are kind of like the top three obstacles or, or limiting beliefs that, that you see in men, right? The kind of three main issues that are, that are impacting men and, and holding them back from being able to experience more you know, out of life and, and also out of their relationships and, and their love life. Yeah, I mean, I love, the biggest one I see is, you know, and I experience this, you know, a lot of my life, you know, even like, even like in my adulthood, like I was, I was experiencing this, which is like the isolation like isolating yourself, you know? And I think that's the, that's the, the danger of online connections, right? Like you feel like you have friends cause you're gaming together. You have a friend in Sweden that's, you know, we're, we're playing each other, right? And you feel a sense of connection and that's all fine. It's better than nothing, right? But it can't be the substitute for real life in-person connection. So you've got to like, you've got, you've got to get into real life connections with, with real people. You know, that's, that's, that's a bare minimum. Why? I just because that's how we're wired. I think you know connection is is basic to to our just fulfillment and you know you could argue survival too. But like at least the isolation, especially if isolation in and of itself, is, I guess is kind of, it can can be viewed as benign. Isolation on top of any type of shame or judgment, you know, or um, self criticism, all that stuff just makes it worse. Well, and, and right. I mean, so like you know I, I you know with my own struggles with depression, like it, isolating myself only made it worse. Right. And there's a difference between it, it's not that the can, that the the virtual relationship doesn't mean that you can't have a sense of connection or even a very strong connection. And there's a difference between just a relationship that happens through words or voice mm -hmm. or pictures mm -hmm. versus I can literally touch you. Like, I can literally see you, I can Yeah, like, I, like I met Vanessa online. We were on Facebook, you know, we had mutual friends and we connected, that's a short story. And we dated long distance for a year and a half. Cool, but like, it wasn't, oh, let's just see each other online. I actually went to see her and we sent her to see me. But we did like, in, it wasn't just a virtual relationship. The, you know, on the flip side, you know, Voxer, FaceTime, Skype, Facebook, you know, email, texting, all that stuff actually enhanced our connection. We would not have been, we probably wouldn't be here today if it wasn't for these other tools and technologies that that allowed us to stay connected in between our in-person connections, right? But it was the in-person that was the focus. It's pretty sad if like you know when when like Facebook should be facilitating offline connections, not a not the full-on substitute for for in-person. And you know, and I may be talking in extremes here, but I think I think there probably are a lot of guys and and and, and women too, whoever like that are listening that Facebook and, and online interactions are their only friends and connections and social right and it's just yeah so to circle back to your original point of why 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 connecting in person it's like there's just just so much more that can be read and felt mm -hmm. right in in you know the intangibles right of, yeah. of body language and, and emotion and connection and proximity you know all that stuff and that you just can't get and, and also just to kind of 
asterisk that is it's fucking scary. Like, especially if you haven't been doing that, it's vulnerable as fuck, it's scary as fuck, and then like, so you have to, you know, it's like, it's like a, it's just a fucking adventure. You're gonna learn shit about yourself, but you have to have, you have to come in with this kind of like warrior-like mentality around this shit. Otherwise, you know, bring that same warrior mentality that you bring to your video games to your life. Right. You know, like, cause otherwise, yeah, it's, it's scary. It can be scary and like, and like, and I guess the, the thing that I think that maybe you're doing and, and I'm doing, we're both doing is like, is elevating emotional resilience to the respect that like a physical resilience also merits already. Right. You know what I mean? Like, cool, yeah, you go in the MMA ring and you fucking, you know, get your ass kicked and you come back out and you like, you know, recuperate and you get back in. Cool, we have mad respect for that. But like the guy that like has a fucking tough conversation with his dad or like has a really vulnerable raw conversation with his girlfriend, that's just as fucking, you know, there's a lot fucking in that, you know, like that, that just deserves a lot of respect. So you, you, one thing I've noticed about you in our relationship is that you've always been very good about following up or reaching out and being like, yo, what's up? We have a talk for a yeah. bit. Like, let's hang out. Like, what's your schedule? Like, let's hang out. And I have another buddy, James Hodges, who, who you might've met at my birthday. Oh yeah. He's the Kiwi. Okay. And yeah, yeah. he too is, is someone who is really good about following up like mm -hmm. I straight up told James that him and I are friends because he was so persistent mm -hmm. in like every week being like yo what's your schedule yo uh -huh. let's, let's go surf yo let's go for a walk hey let's go to this event hey let's go do this let's go do that and it's not that I wouldn't have wanted to hang out with him yeah but I'm I'm it's very easy for me to be like I'm just gonna hang out by myself Tonight, there's like a comedy show that a bunch of friends are going to. Tomorrow, there's like a party a bunch of friends are having. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, hell no. I want to like hang out and work and kind of just do my own thing. Yeah. Yet, because James was reaching out, that caused us to hang out a bunch. Like, he's one of my homies, right? Mm -hmm. And same with you. Is that something intentional that you do in order to not isolate yourself? Or why is it that... that you're willing to be more assertive about that when I know that so many people listening to this and just so many people in our world are sitting around wanting to hang out with people more or wanting yeah. to do more, but they're waiting for someone else to invite them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, well, I don't hang out with anyone because no one ever texts me. Yeah, I, yeah, one, I appreciate that reflection because I think it's, it's true. Like, I think I, a lot of times I end up being like the guy, you know, like, and you can say like, some people say like, oh, you know, well, if they're not reciprocating, then fuck that. And I think to a degree, there's truth in that, right? If I texted you, you know, 10 times in the next couple of weeks and you didn't reply, or like your replies were like kind of like thumbs up or some shit, you know, it's like, I'd be like, okay, yeah, maybe you need space or maybe we're, you know, we're, that's different. There is a, you know, reciprocity factors in over the long view, right? So yeah, if you're not getting reciprocity, cool. But on the other side is, you know, there's an Eckhart Tolle quote that's one of the top quotes that I always cite is, you know, whatever you think the world is withholding from you, you are withholding from the world, you know? And so, you know, Gandhi, be the change you want to see, all that kind of shit. But like, I like the way that this one's phrased more because it's just like, yeah, whatever you think, whatever you're judging the world for not giving you, be the source of that. Give that to someone else, right? So like, like oh, I'm not getting invited to parties. Okay, well, am I inviting other people to parties? You know, like, um, you know, like, oh, they're not texting me back. Well, okay, if I look at my thread, I never reply. Oh, fuck, I didn't reply to them. And they're probably thinking the same thing about me. You know, like, oh, that motherfucker didn't call, you know, text me back or call me back. So and I know, and, and I know, like, to, on the flip side, like, there's, there's a couple of friends that I know that I actually owe them calls, you know? So it's kind of like, 
it kind of evens out a little bit, I think, you yeah. know, but in general, I think my, that's kind of the approach that I take to that stuff. It's like, I mean, I think it's also like being direct with like, who do I want to, you know, if you're a guy listening to this, it's like, who do you want to, who do you enjoy hanging out with and who do you want to kind of cultivate a friendship? Friendships don't just fucking start. Like unless, I think a lot of times, I think maybe here it is, I think in like high school, college, even like post-college, you know, work life, your friends become who you work with. You know, like, you know, you're on a team together, you, you play football together, or you're on a, you know, um, kickball team, or you, you work together, you know what I mean? Or you're part of a fraternity or something, you know? And it's like, I think your friendships become based upon the activity that you guys have connected on, right? right? Whereas I think for me as a solopreneur, and the same with you, it's like, we're on our own a lot, right? And so we don't have the luxury of like, oh, you know, we're working with other people, like, you know, other guys I can just be friends with mm -hmm. automatically because we're hanging out together 24-7 at work and maybe we get the happy hour and stuff. So I think it, the skill of initiating and cultivating friendships is definitely one that requires effort, right? And I think even, like, you know, conversations, like, you know, like having the ability to have an, like a courageous conversation of, you know, if, you know, say whatever, say like six months or a year from now, like, hey, man, I haven't heard from you in a while or it feels like I've reached out and you haven't, you know, everything cool and, you know, you, you know, did I say something, you know, like to be able to, to like be proactive about that rather than just like, oh, you know, fuck that guy, you know? Right. I think there was actually a moment, I can't remember exactly, but I think there was actually a moment where like you had reached out a bunch of times mm -hmm. and I was like, I'm busy, I'm busy, I'm busy. And then, I, but I also said, yo, I also really appreciate you reaching out mm, and yeah. like, you know, some shit's going on right now, but. Like I am stoked to hang out and like all hit. Totally, yeah, I remember that. Here. I remember and, that. Yeah, I appreciate that. Yeah, that that is is so important because it's just it's just communication, right? Yeah. And ultimately, you know, friendships and relationships are developed by kind of shared experiences and quality time, mm -hmm. right? And, and so it doesn't have to be quantity of time, but quality time. Totally. And yeah. Ultimately, yeah. you know, I, I remember. You know, I would go when I was younger. I'd go to a party and get like fucking wasted with some people, and you know, these were people who maybe I had never hung out with before. Yeah. And the next day, it's like we're all like best friends because we just went through this experience where like there's inside jokes and there's all yeah, this yeah. stuff. And so, how do you recreate that in life now? Where you know, I'm 29, so I'm not like going out getting wasted with random people, but I can actually have conversations with them, mm. and we can actually have real conversations where we talk about things that you know actually matter to ourselves or, or each other and through that you know you're able to cultivate more of that bond because yeah. you've actually been through some stuff together right yeah and just that openness i think is so important and, and that assertiveness of either you reaching out right being the change you want to see in the world or just communicating hey dude i know you've reached out a bunch of times and i kind of haven't been super available yeah. recently but I really appreciate it, and here's what I'm committed to going forward. Totally, yeah. So it's, it's like, um, like it's just, you know, it's, just, it's heads up. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like just giving, a, you know, sharing the context of things. You know, and like just sharing, hey, here's what's going on. You know, which I think, which I think with men specifically, like, oh, I don't want to share that I'm struggling right now. Do you know what I mean? Like, because you know, like I used to have this story, and it creeps up still to this day. Like, oh, I don't want to reach out to my friends because I have nothing like new, or like I don't have big crazy news to update them with like oh my god I just landed this fucking book deal and like oh my god I'm gonna be on this show like or I created this awesome program like I may be kind of in a you know not creative period or just things may be fucking rough right and like so it came back like I think back when I was a kid like oh I need to show a perfect side of me right. and I think a lot of people it's not just men but like people you know we have this you know I wanna I don't wanna oh I haven't talked to you in a while because I haven't really nothing to update you on mm -hmm. 
well, cool. Well, I still want to talk to you because you're my boy and I want to just connect. Right. You know, let's just fucking joke about other shit. Let's just, mm -hmm. you know. And so I think that's where I think owning your own, being self-aware of your own value and like knowing that your value is not based on like what you got going on in your life. Yeah. You don't have to fucking, you know, like have a cool new project every fucking time we call. I've been, I've been going through that a lot the last probably three or four months for sure of, of just, I, I'm a natural promoter. So it's very easy for me to promote. And with game quarters in some ways, like, I mean, that's a huge asset. The fact that like I can go out there and, and share the story or, or share the issue in a way that really connects with people, yeah. and and because I'm so passionate about it, like there was a time earlier this year where every person I talked to within like one or two minutes, like bam, 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 they were like, "Wow, this group is amazing. How can I help? Like, yeah. I'll get you on media. I'll send you money. Like, yeah, how, we'll donate. Like, we'll literally do anything." to support this mission, we love it. And that was like, from like a minute conversation, I had never spoken to them before, mm -hmm. and now they're totally enrolled. And so that's super powerful. But I also sometimes swing the opposite way, which is like, you know, don't fucking ask me what I do for work. Don't introduce me as, you know, having game quarters or anything, because I don't want to go down that path. And I actually just want to kind of have a conversation of like, just us as like homies or, or like, yeah, there's a bunch of big projects going on right now, but I don't really want to talk about them. I'm working on them, but I would rather just talk about like sports or anything else other than my work, right? And and so I'm, I'm learning to, to be less like defined by the work or the projects I do. There's a time and place for me to have those conversations, but it doesn't have to be like the automatic. Yeah, because if, if you're hanging out with, if your relationship with somebody is defined based on the presence or absence of what you've got going on professionally, then then you are colleagues, You're, or he's a, con a contact for business, he's not a friend, right? A friend wants to know what's going on in your life overall, you know, whereas even if you lost your job or you, your business, you know, shut down or whatever, like you would still hang out with them, right? So I think that's a huge, a huge thing. So a lot of men feel like asking for help is a weakness. Do you believe that? Do you not believe that? Yeah, I mean, if you're if you're if you're asking for help, then you've already lost. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Don't don't soundbite that. Uh, <laughs> if you guys could see his expression, he said it with so much certainty. I was like, All right. I believe, I believe, like, I believe. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I mean, yeah, it's a huge thing. Definitely, people in general, but definitely men have have their own flavor of this for sure. It's like. Yeah, like, oh, you know, the Lone Ranger, like, you know, every, you know, every movie, right? Like Gladiator, right? Or like, you know, Braveheart, you know, which ironically, well, Braveheart's probably a bad example because he had a whole army with him. But <laughs> but you know what I mean? Like, it's like, what's one man that's going to like, you know, t you know, die hard, you know, <laughs> um, the movie. Um, but yeah, I think it's just like, I think, you know, the level of success that you'll have, anyone will have in this life is based on their ability to ask for support. You know, it's like, uh, you know, I remember reading that a long time ago and it was, it's, it's true. And it's like... Because also you're allowing, because just like it, it feels good for people to give support. Now it's one thing if you're like kind of, that's all you're doing, you know what I mean? It's where it's like, this, you know, it's like the duality of things. Like if all you're doing is like kind of being a, consu a consumer of other people's support and just not, not doing the work on your own, then that's different, right? Um, but as long as you're, you know, actively taking personal responsibility for your life and your projects and whatever you're wanting to create in your life, people want to help generally, you know, like why not? You know, like the people, it feels good to help someone else. It feels good to like walk the old lady across the street, right. you know, versus the old lady's gonna be like, oh no, don't, you know, and people are that way still, right? Like, oh no, I don't need it, I don't need it. They feel, it feels, um, one, it feels vulnerable to ask for support. There's, you know, the image of like, oh, I'm, 
I'd rather do it on my own or I should be able to do it on my own. I don't know if it's a, maybe it's a quintessentially American thing, I don't know, or a Western thing. But there's, there's those two elements there for sure. And I don't know, just one of those things where we have that belief, a lot of us, and, 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 and it sucks. It gets in the way, right? It's like, like how many companies were started with, you know, even Apple Computer, right? It got, you know, create, they created the little prototypes on their own, but like they got support. They got an investor to invest at whatever that amount was, but it didn't start without until then. Right. Same thing with every single, you know, probably product. I don't, I don't, I can't, there's probably our examples, well, but like, it's just. For, asking for help takes courage. Well, yeah, it takes courage and courage plus vulnerability, right? So like, you know, even the whole root of the word courage, right? It's like something with like the heart, right? Mm -hmm. The corazón, like something like with, you're exposing your heart and same thing with vulnerability, you're exposing yourself. So like they're both, they're like the two sides of the same coin, right? When you're courageous, you're also vulnerable, mm -hmm. right? And so, yeah, you just, you just gotta just practice with that shit. Cause like, otherwise, you're just going to be again isolation. You're by yourself. So asking for support is 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 required. And I think then learning what kind of support do you need. That's where the self awareness comes in. Well, and, and in doing so, you you end up actually developing a deeper connection with the person that you've you've done that with. Yeah. Because now you've actually shared something together. Totally, totally. Right? And so if you you've helped solve a problem together, you know, exactly. like wow, I have this thing. I need support. I can't do this on my own. Can you help? You know, exactly. and, and even earlier, so, so last night, I got this email from a parent that is one of the most intense emails that I've ever got from a parent. And this mm. is at like 11 p.m. at night. And part of, part of the email, or overall, the, the truth for me with the email is that it's a really good example of how it's someone who, who I'm so thankful has found our community and found our website. And I know that I can can help them, and it really makes sense for for us to actually get on a call, for me to really be able to support mm -hmm. them and talk about the situation. And I've done that for free for a really long time. Yeah. And it's no longer sustainable. Like I'm at the point where I, I also have to acknowledge <laughs> and respect like my time and yeah. the value I have, and and being able to actually like that's a really good situation where like. Yeah, we can get on a call and it can be a paid call and it's all good. The person who just wants to help in me mm -hmm. is always like, I'll just sacrifice myself and just do the call, right? Yeah. And so uh, Game Queers now has like a board of advisors. And one of the people on that board is a partner of the law firm in Canada. And so I sent him an email this morning and said, hey, here's like this email I got. Now, you obviously get some of these situations where, you know, someone reaches out and is like in a very dire situation and you want to be able to help them. And at the same time, you know, there's a fee for that. Like, how do you have that compassion where you respond with compassion, but you also invite them to actually work with you mm -hmm. where everyone, you know, is able to actually get what they need. Yeah. Right. And he emailed me back and, and what he suggested was exactly what I needed. But instead of just trying to figure it out on my own, I reached out to someone in my network who's a mentor who, who wants to help. Mm -hmm. And now I know that he's very likely going to be even more enrolled in actually helping game quarters get to where we're trying to get it to. Because he actually feels like he's involved. He actually feels like he's able to make a difference. Mm -hmm. and so what's interesting is sometimes when we're asking for help, we think that we're going to be a burden. Yeah, yeah. When actually being able to to help someone 
allows you to feel like you are more connected, you're more involved, and and they actually are able to get value out of it. Totally, yeah. Like it's an it's almost like um like I value you. And you, what you have to offer that I actually am asking for your support and your help, uh, you know, in, in this whatever thing I need to get done or whatever I'm wanting to accomplish. And so, like, yeah, it just, it, it just, yeah, like, it feels good, you know, to, 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 to help and be of service. Like, you know, even if you just do, you know, an, a day of a couple hours at a soup kitchen or something, you know, like, you, it, it, it feels good to be of service. Yeah, and with Tanzania is another example where it's totally, yeah. It's very easy to be like, oh, like, I'm asking for money, or I'm begging for money, or, or like, I need everyone else mm-hmm. to give money so we can go help these kids. And my friend Azria said, it's not about you. You're giving people the opportunity to experience how good it feels to give. And I thought that was really interesting mm-hmm. on all of that because it's true, like, when you actually get to experience, there, there's a time where a friend of mine posted on Twitter and said that I think her friend had just like tragically passed away or, or her sister was or something like very mm-hmm. urgent was happening and she needed to get on a flight from our hometown to San Francisco and she didn't have the money and she posted on Twitter and was like, can anyone help? And I think at the time I had like maybe $200 in my bank account and I sent her like $150. Mm-hmm. And for me, like just knowing that I was able to like help her be able to go spend like a day with her sister before she passed felt so good to be able to contribute to her in that way, even though like I was only able to do so much. But experiencing being able to give in that way gave me more than maybe even she got out of the entire experience yeah, yeah. with her sister, right? And so yeah, yeah. sometimes it, it's it's easy to, to get so focused on yourself and how you need help and how you're taking from other people and getting that support when really you're also giving them the opportunity and the gift to be able to support you and share what they know and share yeah, their like. Value. Because think about you know how how shitty does it feel when you give a gift to somebody and they say like oh no you know like just basic thing of a compliment right like I say hey man those are really cool jeans you got on and they and you say like oh yeah and, oh these are these are like ten years old or like you know I found these they they're okay they're all right you know it's like okay cool thanks I gave you a gift of a compliment and then you're just you know it's like that's a simple example but like the same thing as if it was a physical gift you know like hey I got you this thing oh no I don't want it I don't need it thank you. You know, it's 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 just the act of giving feels good. We ran into know? that in Tanzania because the culture is very like, if they offer you a gift, it's extremely rude to turn it down. Yeah. And so when we're there, they'll make us lunch, and they always <laughs> they always um, bring soda. It's like uh, soda, Coca Cola, <laughs> like all this stuff, and none of us drink soda ever. Uh-huh. Like, we're all like, we'll just take water or coffee, right? But there, like. Soda for them is like a luxury. It's like yeah, they we're giving you this like they, they spent the bank on ensuring that they had soda as a luxury for us when we were yeah. lunch, and so all of us end up having to like split like one or two sodas just to not be rude. But also, we would rather them have the soda. Like I don't. Uh huh. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but we actually in this new village that we're drilling water for, Melanda. There was a grandmother there who who said um, she never thought that she would see clean water in her village in her lifetime, Mm. Escola. And she actually gave us a thousand shillings, Mm. which is the equivalent of like 50 cents US. Wow. But when she pulled it out and went to give it to our brother Kasinda, I could see that he immediately was like, wanted to say no. And wanted to be like, no, like keep your money. Like that's Mm. like all the money she has, right? Yeah. To us, it's like nothing, but to her, like that's a lot. But he caught himself because he knew that we had to accept it. And it was so amazing that for her, 
the experience she had of us being there and what we were hope, hoping to be able to bring to her and, and we mm -hmm. will bring to her clean water she felt so inspired by it that she wanted to contribute to actually bring water there. Yeah. basically gave all her money which was like 50 cents us to make yeah. it happen and so it is interesting how when people give us gifts or compliments whether physical or or in a compliment how we always want to turn it away and not take it instead of actually yeah. being open to receiving that. And I think it also is kind of like, you know, the more you can do that, it's more like, I think one of the exercises in the, in, in the uh, Dr. Glover book was to like, to start to ask people to do things for you. Cause you know, typical nice guys like, oh, I'm gonna do it on my own. I don't want to bother people. Or I'm not valuable enough to ask people to do things for me. And like, you know, like just, hey, you mind, you know, mind passing me the salt, even if you can just grab it yourself. You know, just it's kind of like a, an exercise. And in, 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 so I think there's a lot of this is also like your own value. Like I'm worthy of being helped. You know, and like, and again, duality, you know, you can go to the flip side of like, oh, I, I need to just people take care of me. Like just fucking, you know, I deserve to be complimented left and right and just give gifts. And then, you know, there's people that, you know, that asked for shit a little too boldly, you know, it's like, you know, hey, you know, been crashing on your couch for a couple nights, you know, can I stay for another month? You know, it's like, oh, um, want to support you, want to help you, but not, you know, and then that's where like, I think there's a, a term I heard uh, from, I think Danielle Laporte or something that said like, you know, big heart, high fence. You know, like, yeah, be, be, be open, you know, have a big, huge heart and yeah, have your boundaries for whatever is true for you, mm -hmm. you know, so it's not, you don't want to be like just, you know, giving, you know, 20 calls a week, you know, to these, you know, guys that reach out to you, but like, cool. Yeah. Maybe once in a while I'll do one, but like, otherwise, yeah, I'm happy to, uh, to exchange value. Right. In so for a lot of the guys listening who are, who are looking to, to kind of start taking some of those steps to get out of the house, to be less isolated, to be able to, to make some new friends to go on some dates, but to do it from a place of, of authenticity and, and being genuine and being curious and, and not from a place of just how can I validate my ego and validate this kind of avatar I've invented by watching all of the porn. Yeah. What are some of those kind of first steps and, and what are some things for them to be keeping in mind to, mm -hmm. to be able to actually start taking action? Yeah, I mean, the first thing is definitely is, I guess, would be to start to cultivate a practice of self-awareness, you know, whether it's meditation and journaling, um, just getting clear on what you want and you know as we if we if you've been in consumption mode for so many years or a long time like we may not know what we want right that's where you got to like slow down so that's where like you know the unplugging you know spending at least I would say like you know 20 30 minutes you know I would say like one of the things that I've been starting to do is just go for a walk in the morning for an hour like get up meditate for 20 minutes go for a walk for an hour and leave my phone at home you know, because my walks, I would, I would be doing the walks, but then it would be like, you know, Voxer and, you know, listening to podcasts and stuff. So it wouldn't be like a, a reflective time. It would be more just more consumption, right? Like, oh, let's do both. You can do an audiobook and exercise at the gym at the same time. And check Twitter. Yeah, and check Twitter. Yeah, I can listen to an audiobook, check my Facebook, and also, you know, so like this like, which is kind of cool. I do believe in like, it's, it's nice to kind of be able to do two things at once, you know, like, hey, babe, let's go multitask in a, in a positive way. But... I think first is yeah, cultivating a practice of self-awareness. So like, you know, journaling, what do you want? You know, what, what's not working in your life? What are you, what are you no longer going to tolerate in your life? You know, in every single area, you know, money, relationships, um, career, health, you know, like um, friendship, social life, all that stuff. Like what, what, take an honest look at right now. Like what is, what is not working in your life? What are you not at peace with anymore? What do you not like in your life? And then you can just basically use that as a direct, you know, trajectory to like, okay, what do you, you know, that's what you don't want. That's what's not working. What's the opposite of that that you kind of do want now? You know, or what are you committed to, to, to creating? Like, you know, so um, 
that'd be the first thing. Um, the next thing, which is the one thing I'm doing with the client now, is like having him just go out and you know explore life. You know, my always my one of my big you know principles is like go to the places and environments and people that have you feel more alive. Right. So whether it's a comic book convention, whether it's you know frisbee team or whatever, whatever. Yeah, even if it's coffee, yeah, whatever. Whatever has you made the feeling alive, and that's where your own gauge comes in. Because the more alive you feel, the more magnetic you're going to be, the more attractive you're going to be, versus you know going to an event that just because you think there's going to be women there, or because you think you should. You know, I'm going to go. Like first of me personally, I don't. You know, uh, Ellie, uh, I, I love salsa. Right. I'm not a big fan of tango, so I would never going to go to a tango event. Right, salsa, I'll go, right? But like, so cool, no judgment, just my preference, right? And so it's just, so I'm gonna go to those things that have me become more alive, right? And feel more alive and and start to talk to people, right? It's like, you just gotta kinda like, you're not gonna get better at talking to people by reading books about talking to people in your house by yourself, right? It's kind of, it makes, makes, makes sense, right? But a lot of us do, and I did that too for years. And, you know, it's like, I'm not gonna get better at business and entrepreneurship by just reading books about entrepreneurship. I gotta fucking make sales and make offers and get out there. And so, the, those, are the, the, those are the fundamental things. Like, you know, cause you, and, 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 if, and if you're a guy that's been doing just, you know, screen consumption of like, you know, porn and TV and video games and YouTube and stuff, like, you may not know what out there in the real world you actually do like. Right, because you know, maybe if you've been playing, you know, Call of Duty, you like maybe you do like armed forces stuff, and maybe you do like military history or something. Okay, cool. Maybe not, but I would I would set aside at least three, probably six months, just for like exploration. You know, like pretend that you're a tourist in your own city, and like, cool. What would I want to see? Like, and, you know, the best resources I know for that are you know, there's obviously Meetup, which is a good one. Eventbrite is great. You know, there's all, a lot of free and low cost things. And then there's, um, uh, you know, Facebook events. You know, just go to the events tab on your Facebook and through the stuff that you've been liking and stuff, they're going to present a more curated list of stuff to go. But just like explore, just like at least once a week, go to an event that's different, that you're genuinely curious about or have some curious about and just show up as fully as you can, be present and then talk to at least, I would say three people just say, hello, my name is, you know, Jeffrey. Nice to meet you. What's your name? Like, it's just simple. Like, the things about this whole, like, you know, the, these openers, it's just, just bullshit. It's just like, just say hello, introduce yourself and ask them for their name and what has you here today? You know, like, it's not a fucking, it's not a big deal. You know, and people love to talk about themselves. So just get curious about them. Just ask, hey, uh, what has you here? Oh, do you come here a lot? You know, how's your day going? Like, simple stuff like that. You don't have to be inventing these crazy, you know, goodwill hunting style, you know, line openers, you know, and like, which I think is also part of the problem of the watching scripted shows where we watch like Suits, you know, or West Wing or Entourage and like, that. oh my God, that's a, he's fucking so smooth, you know, and like, it's a scripted show. Yeah, they've rehearsed that smooth ass line probably 20 times, right. you know what I mean? And so, you got, like, it's a lot of, a lot of, a lot of problem with this fantasy, right? Like, it's this fantasy, this like curated, scripted, perfect world. And we just got to get into the trenches and like, it's like real life. It's like, it's, it's unscripted. It's, it's, it can be messy. It can be fluid too. You can be in a fucking flow state and just like, oh my God, I, you know, everything was just flowing that day. So yeah, definitely like start a practice of self-awareness, um, you know, journaling and, and meditation, just slowing down, unplugging, 
getting out of the house, you know, just at a bare bones minimum, like starting to get out and start paying attention. You know, the self-awareness comes into everything you do. So like, cool. I'm noticing that, oh, I went to this event and like people were kind of, you know, it was like a, it was at a bar. I didn't really feel like people were connecting. They were just drinking. Cool. All right. Note to self. Maybe I'll go to events that are not at bars. And I think anything that has built-in interaction in, in the experience is great. So going to like, say, a talk on something is great, but it's still kind of in a passive role. There's no interaction. But if you go to a class, you know, say you do go to a dance class, or say you do go to a something where there's an interaction built into it. Right. You know? Like a um, social activity. Yeah, a social activity or where there's like a mixer, like some type of like kind of thing. So anyways, those are like my, my the, the two that come off the top of my head. And, and I would say like, the last one would be just, the third one would be just get clear on what you're wanting as far as like, you know, friendships, you know, cool. What would make you happy? Do you want to have the entourage of like, you know, 20 dudes that you just go out, you know, like a pack of wolves every, every weekend and like, you know, go on the prowl? Or would you be content literally with just like a handful, like two, three, four close friends that maybe they all are, you know, the same crew of friends or maybe just have, you know, individual friends, right. you know, like, cause you know, the kind of, my, for the past couple of years, that's been kind of my pattern. Like I have a couple of really close guy friends that all kind of know each other still, but we're not like a, a tight bro crew that we're like gonna do a trip. You know, maybe we do someday, but like, it's not like that. And I'm like, I'm okay with that. I'm making peace with that. It's like, oh yeah. Do you, do you feel like that's partially because you're, you're in a different phase of your life? Yeah, I would say partially, like I'm I more. Like it's, you know, there was a time where I had a whole crew and, and now I'm, I'm really looking at, cool, like I'm about to enter my 30s and, you know, there's going to be a relationship and there's going to be, you know, family and like all of that, like, you know, at some point in the future. And when that's the case, I'm only going to have so, you, I can only go so deep with so many Yeah, so much bandwidth, right? There's, right? there's that reality check, right? Of like, so who are those friends in my life right now yeah. who I do have those relationships with or, or want to continue to cultivate them? And I tend to invest a lot more of my time and energy in, in you know, cultivating those relationships, those handful of relationships, instead of me being friends with just everyone. Yeah, and that was me for a long time when I, when I you know, for the probably my, all my 20s, you know, like, oh my God, I found this, new, you know, I got confident socially now and I can like, I know what I'm doing. I can like, I want to just be, you know, like you want to cultivate that void of like, you know, even on now, it's like the more likes you get, the more popular you are, right? It's like, okay, cool. That can fill a void or to a degree, but it's like, you know, do you want quantity or quality? Right, and there's a there's a cross section, you know, like of diminishing returns. You know, you can only have so many close friendships, right? And so, I think just kind of getting clear on what really needs need what really do you need, you know, as a man, as 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 an individual, like what do you personally want? And then I'll say this too. Last piece is like this whole thing. And you brought up the authenticity in the beginning. It's like it really has like for you to unapologetically own what do you want and how do you want to show up. You know, because like it's gonna look different. We're bombarded with so many interests. You know, like I, I remember when I watched Entourage for the first time. I was like, "Fuck, man, I want that." You know, I want to be fucking loaded. I want to be famous. I want to be good looking. I want to be all these things, and I want to have this crew of like boys, you know, from New York, and like we all just go out, and, like have these crazy adventures, and like I want, you know, like, that was a kind of I think that's probably why it was so popular, right, amongst yeah. guys. And it's like, with Sex in the City, right, with women, right, they want that, like you know, but um, and it, it wasn't. I didn't have that per se, and so like. 
okay, cool. Well, is that a bad thing? You know, can I just roll with what's happening? And like, cool, I have a, I have a maybe seven to 10, you know, awesome, solid dudes that I connect with on a regular basis that I feel tight with. I feel, you know, supported by and challenged by. Cool. Is that, that's, that's like more than most men can dream of. Right. Like, and so just kind of, you know, focusing on that, that appreciation for that and, and being on a public, it's going to look the way it's going to look and it's okay. Same thing with your own, you know, how you finding out your own version of masculinity. Like, it's not going to look like, you know, plaid shirt, axe in hand, shotgun on the, you know, gun on, Glock on the hips, you know, big ass beard, you know, cowboy boots and a pickup truck. Like, that's one flavor of, of, of masculinity. And there's like hundreds of, you know, there's many, there's a, tons of different ways that it can look. So I think it's more like kind of getting to that and like, and, it, and it's going to, it's going to, and if you're just starting on this journey, it's going to, it's going to be messy. It's going to be, it's going to take some time for you to develop the individual strength and resolve to like know who you are and express who you are. I definitely agree. And, and the reason I wanted to have this conversation was because I want to, you know, for anyone listening, I, I want to be able to expose you to some different ways and perspectives mm -hmm. that you can be thinking about these topics, whether it's relationships, you know, friendships, uh, your lifestyle, the, the way that you're perceiving uh, the opposite sex or as men, your emotions or mm -hmm. willingness to ask for help, like just having some new perspectives on on how you can think about those conversations, I think is really important. So really appreciate it. Yeah, dude, thank any, you. Any final thoughts before we wrap up? No, man, I mean, the only thing that kind of comes up is uh, just like take a stand for, for, for your life and your personal responsibility. Like don't be active, not passive, you know, like just take a stand for like, if you're not happy with an area of your life, whatever it is, or multiple areas, just take a stand. Like it's, it's nothing's gonna, no one's coming to save you. You know, it's, that can be scary and also be liberating. Like it's up to you, you know, it's up to you to fucking save your life and save yourself. So if you're listening to this, just like totally, just made this conversation be an inspiration for you to take a stand for, for whatever you want to change in your life and, 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 just, and just reach out, you know, for support. Don't, don't do it alone. So how can people connect with you? Do you have anything coming up? Yeah, um, the best way to, uh, to be in touch with me is um, just through my website, you know, jeffreyplatz.com, um, P-L-A-T-T-S. I think you'll have it in the show notes. But, um, and then there's Facebook, yeah. Just like me up on Facebook and Instagram, just my name, Jeffrey Platz. And um, those are the, I, I, I post a lot on there as, you know, we both do like it's just the best way to kind of interact and kind of see what I'm about and stuff and yeah and if, if, if you're inspired to to do maybe get some private work and go deeper and get some kind of faster track on this stuff yeah I'm happy to have a conversation awesome well yeah. thanks so much for being here man thanks cool for being man yeah dude yeah, likewise dude this. Uh, check gamecores.com and click podcast under the resources tab to check out the show notes all the links will be there if you like the episode share it with a friend who you think could get value out of this when you share these podcasts or our videos or the website, like that stuff really makes a big difference. And so really appreciate that. Uh, you know, it's, it's one small way that you can contribute back to kind of give us value in, in return mm -hmm. for, for what we're doing here, right? So uh, if you can share it, that would be great. Uh, if you're on iTunes, leave us a review or a rating. That also helps more people be exposed to the work that we're doing. So really appreciate everyone listening. Hope you guys have a great day and we'll talk to you soon.
For full-length episodes of the Game Quitters podcast, be sure to check us out on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, and SoundCloud at soundcloud.com slash gamequitters. Or visit us online at www.gamequitters.com.